The battle may not be your choice. The battle may not be your choice. But the outcome is, the battle may not be your choice, but the outcome is. Okay. So, Father, as we look to your word, we're asking, Father God, that you would give us each and every one of us new revelation to what we will see and hear. And we praise you and we give you thanks for it in Jesus' name. Amen. Um, of course, we just had our recent elections, and it showed that the majority of the people were tired of the establishment as such. Uh, the do-nothing government, uh, the elite electives having uh, and doing their own thing in, in their own way, disregarding, ignoring, discounting, and snubbing we the people. Okay. This election showed that there was no trust in the establishment. And we the people looked elsewhere and voted. Okay. Here in our country, find a find scripted on every coin and paper money the following words: "In God we trust." It is when we forget God and look elsewhere when troubles occur. Okay, so we're kind of be kind of talk about trust this night a little bit. Uh, this is one of the many times that Israel forgot their God and trouble arose. So if you'll turn with me to the book of Judges, um, chapter 6. They became self-sufficient and they felt they didn't need God. The children of Israel did evil in the sight of God and things went from very good to very, very bad for Israel. So that's uh, Judges chapter 6. Beginning in verse 1. And the children of Israel did evil in the sight of the Lord, and the Lord delivered them into the hands of, the, of Midian seven years. And, the hand, and at the hand of Midian prevailed against Israel, and, and because of the Midianites, the children of Israel made them dens which are in the mountains, caves, and strongholds. And so it was when Israel had sown that the Midianites came up, and the Amalekites and the children of the east, even they came up against them. And they encamped against them and destroyed the increase of the earth till thou come unto Gaza and left no substance for Israel, neither sheep nor oxen or ass. For they came up with their cattle and their tents and they came, at like, came as grasshoppers for multitude. For both they and their camels were without number and they entered into the land to destroy it. And Israel was greatly impoverished because of the Mennonites and the children of Israel cried unto the Lord. Well, they had it for seven years. I think we almost had ours for eight. Uh, in some aspects. So. See ya. It became so bad that many left their homes to live in caves and so forth at this point. Um, they held out thinking that they could handle it on their own. 
How many think we can handle things on our own? Eh, I see all those hands out there. I, I agree with you. Most of, most of us think we can handle things on our own because, you know, I've seen this done before. I can do it. And, uh, you know, or I've done it before and I can handle it again. And oftentimes that is uh, our downfall. Uh, they became self-sufficient and, and felt they didn't need God. The children of Israel, like it says, uh, did evil in the sight of God and things went from bad to worse again. Um, they waited until every possible op uh, option played out and couldn't make it any longer. This lasted for seven long years and finally they cried out to God for help. I think um, I'm comparing this a little bit to what our country has gone through. It finally, people cried out to God for help, and we're going to see, see the change. Uh, I want us to take note. God will use tough times to get our attention. We were doing so well. You know, the economy was doing all great and so forth, and we didn't think about it, and then things got worse and worse and worse and worse, and then we started crying out to God, do we need help? Um, unfortunately, that's, uh, all of us fall into that ploy. Um, we're doing so well on our own, and all of a sudden something comes up, and it, circumstances keep on rolling and rolling, and it gets worse and worse, and we try every avenue that we can to correct it, and it doesn't happen. So the last avenue we take normally is calling upon God. Anybody, anybody been in that position besides myself? I mean, you know, when we first get into, into the situation, we need to call, cry to God right away, but, uh, well, I'll try this, I'll try that, or to get, a, get uh, some uh, information for somebody else that said, it works this way, and you're trying every, every other way except for God's way. And uh, we need to always follow God's way. All right. Um, again, God use, uses tough times to get our attention. Uh, let's, so let's not be uh, hard-headed and rebellious when God speaks to us. We need to listen to God the first time he talks to us. Well, um, we're going to uh, look at, uh, learn what Gideon learned. Um, uh, he learned that uh, every experience in, in life is, is a test. We either go forward on something or backward, or we remain and dig that rut, fall into a rut and keep on doing it. We don't want to be in a rut uh, as such with, in the world's ways. We need to get out of it. And every trial in the lives of uh, God's people is tailored to draw us closer. Their troubles here made them cry out to God and drew them closer to God. So, um, so if with that, keep your marker there. We're going to come back to Judges. But I want us to look at Proverbs, the book of Proverbs chapter 3 this time. That's the book of Proverbs. And... Chapter 3. I'll read from the, Amplify, uh, from the uh, King James first, looking at verse 11 and 12. My son, despise not the chastening of the Lord, 
neither be weary of his cor correction. For whom the Lord loveth, he correcteth, even as a father, the son in whom he delights. From the Amplified, verse 11, My son, do not despise or shrink from the chastening of the Lord, his correction by punishment or by subjection to suffering or trial. Neither be weary or impatient about or loathe or abhor his reproof. For whom the Lord loves, he corrects even as a father corrects his son in whom he delights. So sometimes things come, come across that we need to be corrected in. I mean, when we, have, when we had our, some of us, when, we, when our children were uh, doing something wrong, we uh, didn't say just, you know, take a seat. and We applied the board of... Uh, education to their backside. Hopefully you did. <laughs> and uh, it was for their good. And, you know, it, it, it always uh, interested me, like uh, Pastor Peggy would say. The kids would ask for me to give them the D-lot the punishment because you take that board and swing and swing and swing. Whereas, you know, I said, okay, this is going to hurt. You're going to get two big swats. And I mean, I gave them some hard ones. But, uh, you know, they corrected up on it. But uh, they just didn't like being beaten. Yeah, it was Michael, uh, the middle one, he thought it was uh, real good to make sure he didn't get hurt as much. So he put a book behind, <laughs> behind his, in his back of his pants. You hear his book clap, pull, pull it out, you got three more. You know. <laughs> or he put a pillow or something back there to, you know, it just didn't work. I mean, he, he had always tried something to get, get around from that punishment, uh, or the correction, I should say. And it's the same with us. Uh, God will use a situation, a circumstance that's pulling us down to pull us back to him because he knows we're drifting. And the only time we will hear sometimes is, well, let me, let me look, say this. God whispers to us in our whispers to us in our pleasure. So when we're having a good time, God says, okay, that's all right, you're okay. Uh, then God speaks to our conscience when we start getting a little, little you know, uh, a little bit out, out of disorder. He speaks to us, you know, all right. But then he shouts to us in our pain. Change now or you get forever, you know. And we need to uh, understand that God, God will use different situations to bring us or pull us back into uh, to him and his love so they won't have to go through this other trash that uh, the enemy would uh, lead us to go into okay so that uh, we need we need to know that tests are not from God but he he will use them to help us uh, in our need in our correction. Two, uh, let's go back to Judges chapter 6 again.
verse 7, And it came to pass, when the children of Israel cried unto the Lord because of the Mennonites, that the Lord sent out a prophet unto the children of Israel, which said unto them, Thus says the Lord God of Israel, I brought you out of, from Egypt, and I brought you forth out of, the, uh, out of the house of bondage. Glory to God. Hallelujah. Um, God sees, sees the beginning to the end, and we can only, we'll, we'll look back, and we will see what's taking place in our life at the, at the, at that now moment, but we, we try to think what, or we imagine what would be best in the future for us. And, and sometimes it doesn't happen that way because God knows best. You know, we, uh, how would I put this one? Oh, there we go again. Going back to school, we have tests. Amen? How many ever cheated on a test? Don't raise your hand. Some of you are smiling. Some of you are saying, well, I remember sitting there and I, I, this is the answer, but I'm not sure I'm going to look at the guy across from me see what he, because he's pretty good at this stuff. Okay, I changed my answer. Got it back and I got it wrong. He got it wrong. I, my answer was right. <laughs> but see, well, oftentimes when we get in a situation, we won't re rely upon what God has shown us to be true. We will, oh, we're not, we compromise on, oh, well, this guy, this guy's real good at it, you know. He's, he's got good grades all the time. None of you, some of you, I, I'm so proud of you guys. We, got, we have to learn to trust, okay? This is what we're trying to get, to, get out. Um, God sees, us, uh, sees more than we do. He moves in mercy and love towards us. He tells us the truth and works behind the scenes. Okay, we see here that the children of Israel are crying out, but he, but he, ha he already sees what's going on. And he knows what's going to take place. And he's asking us to trust him. Uh, again, how many... These tests keep on coming up. It's terrible. But when there's a test, if we apply ourselves, we will have the right answer. If we study, you know, study to show yourself approved. And oftentimes, uh, we study just enough to skim by. And God says, you can do better. Or you should do better. You will do better. And if you keep on doing it your way, you're going to suffer the consequences. You're going to get a lower grade because you're, you're cheating. Uh, so we, ha we, have to fall, we, have, we have to have a trust in God. Develop a trust in God. This is what uh, this verse says. What was it? 7 and 8. They cried out. And he says, I brought, I've, I've brought you out of the bondage. I've, I've given you things. I've shown you best things. I know what's best for you. Follow me. Trust me. Okay? Um, now let's go down to verse 11. And there came an angel of the Lord and sat under the oak which was in Ophrah and pertain and 
that pertain unto Joash, the or whoever it is, and his son Gideon threshed wheat by the winepress to hide it from the Mennonites. Okay, here we find, now we come to Gideon. Yeah, we're going to see what Gideon does here. Here we, we meet Gideon. He's hiding uh, uh, with hopes to uh, not gain the attention of the Mennonites. Uh, and that's a bad call. Uh, and verse 12 goes on and says, Am I there? Yeah. Verse 12. And the angel of the Lord appeared unto him, Gideon, and said unto him, The Lord is with thee, thou mighty man of valor. Whoa. Glory to God. Mighty man of valor. Mighty warrior. Um, here's Gideon hiding and scared, petrified. But God calls him a mighty man or a warrior. Uh, what did... What did God see in Gideon that Gideon didn't see in himself? We kind of wonder about that. Uh, at least I did. Um, do you know who you are? See, Gideon didn't know who he was. Do we know who we are? Because this is, this, is, this is going to a point of trust again. Okay. So one of the biggest lies that we tell ourselves is God only uses special people. He's only going to use those that are, you know, uh, that, that apply themselves at this one job or, you know, they've got uh, the education, uh, they've got the... the physical strength to do this type of thing, or they've got the patience, the endurance. And uh, that's not what God looks at. Okay? Again, one of the biggest lies that we tell ourselves is that God only uses special people, but God says that, what does God say about his chosen, which is you and I? Okay. Well, first, first Peter 2, we're going to jump around and see what God says about you, about us. 1 Peter 2, verse 9. But ye are a chosen generation, a royal priesthood, a holy nation, and a peculiar people, that shall show forth the praises of him who called you out of darkness into his marvelous light. Uh, from the Amphite. But you are a chosen race, a royal priesthood, a, a dedicated nation, God's own purchase, special people, that ye may set forth the wonderful deeds and display the virtues and perfections of him who called you out of darkness into his mar marvelous light. Wow, look what God says you are, who God says we are. We're special people. There needs to be some rejoicing when God says you're a special people. Amen. Glory to God. A royal priesthood. A peculiar people. Uh, John chapter 1. We're going to nail this one down a little bit more. In John chapter 1. Verse 12. But as many as received him, speaking of Jesus, 
To them gave he the power to become sons of God, even to them that believe on his name. So we're children of God. We're sons and daughters of God. Now that, that is a, this is something that we need to realize and, and, and keep before us. Uh, we're a, a special people unto him. We're a child of God. John chapter 15 now. Staying in that same book, John chapter 15. Verse 15, John 15, 15. Henceforth I call you not servants, for the servant knoweth not what doth his Lord does. But I call you friends for all these things I have heard of my Father, I have made known unto you. So, wow. We're a, uh, a special people. We're a child of God. And he, and he makes it even more intimate with us. He calls us a friend. This friend, Jesus, confides in us. The Holy Spirit confides with us. He's, he's our friend. If we're willing to listen, he'll confide to us into whatever situation that we may be in or starting to fall into, he'll confide into us. How many of you ever had the, the opportunity to, uh, to uh, oh, we're all driving cars, uh, but the Lord tell you take a different route? or slow down, or stop for a while, and then you, you do so, and then, then you go back on the road, and all of a sudden, you know, you see, this happened to us uh, on the way back from uh, Fresno area. We were coming back, and some of the cars that we were, you know, how you get in groups and you travel together, you know, uh, go there, here's this group of cars, all pulled over to the side of the road with the black and white behind <laughs> So, you know, God, want, God wants to make some corrections in our lives. You know, I, we could have had a, a ticket with the rest of them. And there was another time there was an accident, same type of thing. There was an accident up ahead, and we, we were told to slow down. And uh, five minutes up the road, there was an accident. Some of the cars, again, that we were moving with were involved in an accident. So, you know, if we're listening, if we trust God, things will come out good for us. It's just developing that area of trust. In God we trust. Amen. Okay. Okay, let's see. Chosen generation, peculiar people, a child of God, called his friend. Ephesians chapter 2. Looking at Ephesians chapter 2. Verse 10. Ephesians 2, 10. For we are his workmanship, created in Christ Jesus unto good works, which God hath before ordained that we should walk in them. From the Amphite, for we are God's own handiwork, his workmanship, recreating Christ Jesus, born anew, that we may do those good works which God predestined, planned beforehand for us, taking paths which he had prepared ahead of time, that we should walk in them, living the good life which he prearranged and made ready for us to live in. Oh, glory to God. Some of us are, or I'll put it this way, a lot of Christians are, are living below their, their means because 
this one says God's already set things up that we should be walking in, in the areas that we are called to, but we're not listening, we're not trusting God enough to follow what he says to have the blessings come upon us. Okay. Uh, Romans chapter 5. In Romans chapter 5. Verse 1. Therefore, being justified by faith, we have peace with God through the Lord Jesus Christ. We're justified. Hallelujah. No more. Um, oops. And Romans chapter 8, verse 1 says that there's no... Con well, let's go there. There is therefore now no condemnation to them who are in Christ, who walk not after the flesh, but after the Spirit. There's no condemnation with us. This is, this is who we are. This is what we need to, uh, I would say, almost recite until we have it down in our spirits. Because if, if we have this program, as we renew our minds, or transform our minds into what God has called us to be, we will be successful. We'll be more than conquerors. People will come up to us. Okay. Uh, let's go back to Ephesians chapter 1 again. In Ephesians chapter 1, Verse 5, having predestined us unto the adoption of children. We're, we're, we are adopted. We can forget about our past life. We have been now adopted into God's family. And what a blessing that is. I mean, if you were, well, Trump's in, in the news quite a bit. If you were part of his family... Uh, people say, look how well-behaved they are, how well-mannered they are, but look what the blessing they have. They have to be saying the same thing about us. Those are God's children. They are blessed. Whatever they, they put their hand to shall prosper. They walk in love. We need to reestablish ourselves in, in, to who we are. God knows who we are, even if we don't know who we are. And he's trying to bring us up to that level, to bring us up to that degree that we should walk in them in these last days. And he wants us to see that identity. But most, most Christians don't walk in that identity. We, we don't, to say it, look at the word that much or confess the word about, over ourselves. It says, what you decree shall come to pass. What, what, are, you do, what are we decreeing over ourselves? I can't do this. It's impossible. It's somebody, somebody else could do it. I mean, why, why should somebody else do it when God's put his fingerprint on you to do the job or me to do the job? Each, each area that we are in is a stepping stone. We have to do our best at each level. And as we, as we go from level to level or from glory to glory, he, he, we get blessed. Okay, um, 
It's going back to Judges chapter 6 again. And we will look at verse 13. And Gideon said unto him, Oh, let's go to verse 12. And the angel of the Lord appeared unto him and said unto him, The Lord is with thee, thou mighty man of valor. Wow! And Gideon said unto him, O my Lord, if it be the Lord with us, why then is then is all this befallen us? Well, there's that area of doubt coming in. We're not trusting God. We are putting up excuses of why we need to, why we are at a level that's not where he's calling us to be. Oh, it's because, you know, they don't believe me or I don't believe God. You know, really it's why we're not trusting God. He says we can do it and we're saying, uh, call upon John. Call upon Mike. Call upon anybody else but me because I'm not qualified. But we have just found out that we are qualified if we follow through on what God's called us to do. We need to commit to memory to change our, our thinking as to why we can do things through Christ. Okay, glory to God. Hallelujah. So here in verse 13, um, why then, then is all this befallen us? And where is all the miracles which our fathers told us of, saying, did not the Lord bring us up out of Egypt? But now the Lord has forsaken us and delivered us unto the hands of the Mennonites. Oh, glory to God. Here we go with our, our, our excuses. We can't, Gideon says, you've, you've abandoned us. God, you have, look, look, I, I, we recite the, the Old Testament. We know that the Old Testament, but here you have abandoned us because we're under, under the hands of the Mennonites. Well, um, Gideon is not looking at what, Again, not looking at what he is called. He's a seed of Abraham who is supposed to be blessed the rest of the nations. And he's looking at the situation circumstance. Same with us. We look at the situation and circumstance that's dragging us down or holding us back and say, well, Lord, you know, you say that, but look where I'm at. Look what, where, where's my family at. Well, look what, where I'm at. I'm not what you said I am. We're not trusting God. We have to trust his word and pull on that word. Bring that word into being. Verse 14. And the Lord looked upon him and said, Go in this thy might, and thou shalt save Israel from the hand of the Mennonites. Wow, he said, here's the Lord telling him, You go and do it. How many times does the Lord tell you, Go and do it? I'm not professional proficient enough to do it. I can't do this. Uh, you know, I was never per, uh, uh, trained to do this job. Lord, you could do something. You could do pull somebody else out. You know, it's bad. God says, "I will be with you." 
Make no excuses. Hello. Nobody's ever made an excuse. For, for not carrying out uh, what you were called to do, even on your job. Well, you know, I ran out of time. Uh, things were conflicting. I couldn't do it. Well, God says, you can do it. I'm with you. Let's go. Go in this thy might. Why? God was with him. We have to recognize God is with us, and he'll not desert us. Looking at verse 16 this time. And the Lord said unto him, Surely I will be with thee, and thou shalt smite the Midianites as one man. Wow. God says, it's already accomplished. This is what you're going to do. Hello. So God confirms his, his priorities in, in Gideon's life. You, this is what you need to accomplish. This is what you need to do. Uh, so God, Gideon is now really commissioned to do this, okay? Verse 22, it says, and, and when the Lord perceived, when, pardon me, and when Gideon perceived that it was an angel of the Lord, Gideon said, Alas, O Lord God, for because I have seen an angel of the Lord face to face, and the Lord said unto him, Peace be unto thee, fear not, thou shalt not die. In other words, here's that little doubt factor, there's no trusting in, in God, okay? Uh, we all fall into that. Um, God met Gideon uh, where, he, where he was, right there. He didn't say, okay, he said, I'm going to take you up a notch or two. Okay, he didn't say, you know, I'm, you're up here. He, he met Gideon where he was. He met him at the threshing floor where he was hiding. Okay. Um, sometimes changes Okay, something changes when we listen to the voice of God. Something changes. When he heard the voice of God, when we hear the, when we get the rhema of God in our lives, something changes. We feel the ability to go out there and do it. So we need to get the rhema of God. We need to have God really speak to us. We need to, we need to open, have the lines of communication open uh, at all times with God. If we don't have the lines of uh, communication open, we fail, we're failing another test. And tests are to bring us closer to God, so we need to open up to the things, okay? Uh, okay, since the changes, he listens to God's voice, suddenly his, uh, Gideon's priorities are not changed. He's not going to be hiding any longer, he's going to be leading Wow, that's something else. Okay. And what he's learning is the most important thing, trusting God. We need to learn to trust God. Then the prior, our priorities will be set correctly. Okay. Um, Judges uh, verse 25. And it came to pass that same night that the Lord said unto him, Take thy father, the young bullock, and even the second bullock, and even seven years old, and throw down the altar of Baal that thy father hath, and cut down the grove that is by it, and build an altar unto the Lord thy God upon, upon this rock in the order place, and take the second bullock and offer a burnt sacrifice with the wood of the grove which, which thou hast cut down. Oh my gosh, how... 
There needs to be a change in, in, in lives. Um, before we can be used publicly, we have to be faithful in our private lives. And uh, before Gideon can be used publicly, he must clean himself up. What Israel had, had done, or was doing, was they began to uh, take Baal as their god, as uh, was an idol unto them. And God is telling them, okay, strike down the, uh, the, this false god and burn it up. And also give a, a sacrifice. And, and as you read further on down, this, this is what he does. Uh, uh, he sets his own house in order. This was his father's house. He, he uh, cut down the, the idols in his father's house. You know, just like you remember what uh, um, Leah, Rachel had. She had those idols from her father, Laban. Okay. Gideon had altars in his father's place. So God said, I, you need to have a house cleaning. Some of us need to have a house cleaning. God says, I want you, for, in order for you to move further, I want you to clean house. And he was listening to God now, so he cleans house. He tears down the idols, he chops them up, uses, uses the, the idol, wooden idol for firewood for the sacrifice that he was going to give. So uh, he prepared himself that way. Um, Set your own house in order. His family worshiped Baal on their property. Uh, his assignment was to destroy the idol and make a sacrifice unto God. Look at verse 30, though. And the men of the city said unto Joash, Bring out thy son that he may die, because he has cast down the altar of Baal, and because he hath cut down the grove that was by it. The city didn't like what was going on. People didn't like, neighbors didn't like what was going on because he became bold in God. People are not going to uh, like you when you begin to walk out with the boldness of God and do things God's, what God has called you to do. Their people are going to not like it. Wow. There's... There will always be those who deny God and will persecute you for your stand with God. So we need to know that persecution isn't going to come. The whole city there, the city, verse 30. Yeah, okay. The whole, the city, not just a few neighbors, but the whole city came out. Hey, hey, you destroy the altar? And, and, and Gideon said, yes, I did. He stood up for what he did. Okay. Um, verse 31, his dad goes on and says, And Joah said unto them that stood against him, Will ye plead for Baal? Will ye save him? Will ye plead for him and let, uh, let him be put to death? With it is in the morning, if he is be God, let him plead for himself, because one hath cast down his altar. You remember back in uh, the book of Kings, in fact, it's forward in the book of Kings, um, Elijah had the same problem. The children, children of Israel began to uh, worship Baal. And then uh, the 600 prophets of Baal, um, well, Elijah challenges the, the 600 prophets of Baal. 
And he tells the people, how long are you going to be halt between two opinions? Baal's God or God's God? And he said, let the, let the God of fire, let the true God of fire come down and burn, burn up the altar. And the, the people of Baal, the prophets of Baal, couldn't do, do anything. They cut themselves. Uh, they just went into a frenzy. How many people go into frenzies today because they don't get their way? Because they are led by the enemy. Okay. How long shall you, shall you be between two opinions? Let the God, the true God answer by fire. Of course, that's in uh, 1 Kings 18, uh, verses 21 through 24. Okay. Judges, going back to Judges chapter 6. Verse 33, then all the Midianites and Amalekites and the children of the east gathered together and went over and pitched in the valley of Jezreel. But the Spirit of the Lord came upon Gideon, and he blew a trumpet, and Asbur was gathered unto him. He sent out messengers throughout Manasseh and gathered unto him, and he sent messengers unto Asher and to Zebulun and to well, the rest of the group. And Gideon said unto God, if, if thou wilt save Israel by my hand, as thou hast said, he puts out a fleece beginning in verse 37. Um, God, God is patient with our faith. Oftentimes we, we ask for, for certain things and, and they'll come, come into being. He, he loves that we develop our, our faith. Glory to God. Hallelujah. And... Uh, in verse 34, it says that uh, the Spirit of God came upon Gideon. Glory. Um, and we see that people are drawn to Gideon because the, the Spirit of God is upon him. So know that when you're in your setting, doing your work, as God called you to, people will be drawn to you and will follow your leadership. So, well, I'm, I'm not, you might be saying, I'm not in that position. You've got to change your line of thinking. Wherever you may be, whatever position you may be holding, God has shown you you can be, just like Gideon, a man of valor. Gideon didn't see it that way, but God saw it a different way. And then once the anointing came upon Gideon, people recognized and they gathered unto him to do what God called him to do. So whatever your position is, and you're following God's word, people will gather around you to promote what you are, you are pursuing to do for God or at your job. So know that you've got to be steadfast with God. You've got to trust God into what he says. He's, Gideon says, okay, if your hand's with me, let's go and do it. Amen. Okay. People around are drawn. People are drawn around from about. With all this occurring, Gideon still has doubts. He knows that God has promised to save Israel through him, but he sees a giant mountain before him. Okay, All these people are around about me now. How do I know? There's that little bit of doubt. He has faith that God's given him the leadership qualities and the mind to do it, but he sees the mountain and says, well, there's, there's over 30... Or whatever it is, 30,000 of those, or 120,000. And 
that's a lot of people to, to take after, go after. Uh, verse 36. And Gideon said, If thou wilt save uh, by my hand, thou hast said. Verse 37. Behold, I put a fleece of wool on the floor, and if do be on the fleece only, and it be dry upon all the earth besides, then I shall know thou shalt save Israel by thy hand, as thou hast said. So he puts out a fleece. Okay, God says, okay, you're wanting some proof. Sometimes we put out fleece. It's not good to put out fleece. Today we wouldn't put out fleece. We would, say, we would use the word, but Gideon didn't have that. So God is going to honor his request. And it was so, for he rose up early in the morning, and thus the fleece gathered together and wringed out the dew out of the fleece, a bowl full of water. So we, so we see here that it, it, it's taking place. Gideon's faith is growing. He says, okay, this happened, but okay, what if? So he reverses it. Okay, I want the ground all wet around for the next night, but I want the, the, the fleece or the, the rug to be dry. And it, happened, it, it happens again that way, that's the second time around. Um, Gillian pulls out the fleece for the Lord to confirm his word twice. God shows his patience and puts forth the request. God, if you, will, if you are honest with God and you request certain things of him to establish your faith even more, but we need to read reading the word and finding out who we are, things will be, become changed for the better. Amen. Okay. Um, Judges 7. Chapter 7. In Judges chapter 7, verse 1, then Jeroboam, or whatever his name is, who is, who is getting, and all the people that were with him rose up early and pitched beside the well of Herod, and so that the host of the Midnites were on the north side of them and by the hill of Moran in the valley. Okay, here, Gideon's ready. He's got his, he got his army of 30,000. Um, he's ready to move out uh, at God's command, his com commission. But God stops him from moving out at that point. And puts out a statement. There's too, far too many to go into battle. Send 22,000 men home. And then he sends them home. Then, then there's 10,000 men left. And God says, that's an overkill. I want you to count the, the men who drinks water. Tell them to get a drink of water. And those that uh, would cup their hands and drink the water. That's the ones I want you to... Select, send the rest of them home. Only 300 drank water that way. Okay? So that's perfect. Okay, uh, 300 men are left. This is mission impossible. Mission impossible. It's, it's set before Gideon. To accomplish God's purpose is not determined by the bottom line of, of a financial sheet or the size of a congregation or the efficiency of our plans. God doesn't need a major vote from us. He invites us to join him, join him in doing his will. So 300 men and, and Gideon are going to do his will. And uh, they reap the benefits of it because of it. 
when, when the encounter took place, all 300 men went out with trumpets, not a sword, with torches, not shields, and jars. And over 120 Mennonites were killed by, three, by guys yelling and whooping and hollering and, uh, and blowing the horns. And 50, another 15,000 fled uh, when it was over. And God answered uh, Israel's prayers. Okay? Uh, so we need to know who we are in Christ Jesus. We need to trust in God. In God we trust. Uh, God, again, God uses tough times to get our attention if we are hard of hearing. Uh, does he have your attention? Does he have my, my, my attention? Or does he have to get, get us in a tough, tough situation before we cry out for help? Um, to God always sees more than we do. He sees the beginning from, from the end. Where do you see yourself? Or do you see yourself as he sees, it, as he sees you? Do we see ourselves as what God calls us to be? Or are we taking a back seat to our own uh, thoughts? Um, God performs his priorities through you, and he urges us to trust him. 300 men against a vast army is crazy. But he, they put his trust in him, and they won. Uh, God is patient with our faith process. It's line by line, precept upon precept, that uh, we grow. Amen. Okay. Again, finally, God, uh, success in, is determined by God. Will you trust him today in your life, your finances, your home, your job, and in your decisions? Are we going to trust him? Okay. We'll close it off. Everybody can get rest warmly to go back outside. <laughs> Let's all stand. Father, we're praising you. We just give you thanks. I thank you, Lord, that Gideon, Father God, was a nobody in his own sight, but you saw him as a man of valor. And Father God, I thank you, Lord, that uh, you will open our, our eyes to whom we think we are through your eyes. And Father God, may we hold on to that vision that uh, you have of us, Father God, that we might go forth, Father God, and do great and mighty exploits for you. We thank you, Lord, that you give us each a good night's rest for tomorrow's endeavors, and we praise you for it in Jesus' name. Amen.